bid you welcome folks to the midweek service. We're going to begin with McShane's hymn, 380. When this passing world is done, when has sunk yon <coughs> radiant sun, when I stand with Christ on high, looking o'er life's history, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe.
as we come to prayer, we want you to remember the, the Bevan family. If you haven't heard, Madge passed away this morning, and we extend our sincere sympathy to Dave and his family on our home calling, and also to Anastasia. Anastasia, that's the oldest. Anastasia, she has lost her grandmother who passed away today. We know that she was very ill yesterday, and she would just love to have seen her grandmother that she was close to before she went to glory, but that wasn't to be. So there is a distance between here and Ukraine, and we feel for Anastasia as well. Let's pray together, seek the Lord. Lord, we know that we owe thee everything. And perhaps as we've sung in McShane's hymn, not till then will we fully understand what we owe. But Lord, in a sense, in measure, we are able to grasp something of the great work of Christ and all that he has accomplished for us. When he came to this earth to be our mediator, sacrifice, when he went to the cross of Calvary and poured out his redeeming blood for the redemption of our souls. Thank thee for all the suffering of our dear Savior, all that he went through that he might bring to himself a great multitude out of the nations of this world. Lord, we're glad that we're included in that number. We praise thee that in the moment of conversion, when it took place, our names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life indelibly so, never to be removed from those pages. We're glad that you've given to us your sheep eternal life and there's no man that is able to pluck us out of your hand. We thank you for eternal security. We thank you for your grace that has triumphed in our lives ever since that day when we were first brought to Christ grace of God that saved us, the grace of God that has kept us every day, the grace of God that has brought us through the most horrendous and difficult situations that we've been called upon to face in this world. And that includes the removal of loved ones that are precious to us in this life. Yet we have to testify to your matchless grace that has sustained us, comforted us and brought us through. We pray that Dave and his family will know that sustaining grace tonight. Abide with them in their home. Thank thee for Madge and for the Spirit of God that dwelt in her, the faith that she had in Christ for that day when she was saved by the sovereign grace of God. And therefore we know her whereabouts, we know where she is tonight in the glory with her Saviour, which is far better. But there is here on earth the pain of parting and we pray that you will remember Dave and Amanda and Robert and their families. We pray for Anastasia also and her family circle in this time of sorrow and the, the departure of her grandmother. But again, we acknowledge your goodness to this lady and the grace of God that dwelt in her and how that she's with the Lord today also. And therefore we sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. 
even so them also which sleep with Jesus will God bring with him and so bring in that great day when the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall rise and there'll be that glad meeting place in the sky O oh God may the families be comforted in such thoughts bless us here tonight in this midweek service we've come Lord a needy people as always but we come to a God of great supply we come to the fountain of life we pray that we will by your grace draw from the rich resources of God feed us Lord in your word prepare us for the season of prayer come down into this very room in which we meet and make thyself known tabernacle among us and may we be very conscious tonight that God is here in the center of this gathering draw us after yourself tonight and we shall run after thee show us tokens for good send the Holy Spirit Lord these days are dark days but we believe you're able to do great and mighty things despite the darkness of the age in which we live we pray for revival for the mighty doings of God right here in Balamoney throughout County Antrim and into the other counties into the south of Ireland across the RAC into the mainland Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens and come down and do thy exploits among us, we pray. All these things we ask in Jesus' name and for God's glory. Amen. I want you to uh, remember tomorrow night our youth will meet at 8 o'clock. Greg is speaking on the Christian who is living for God. Pray for him. I should first of all welcome you to the midweek service and those that are joining us on the internet. If you're part of this service through the internet means welcome in the Saviour's name. It's always good to have you. I bumped into a man today that I didn't know um, and he said we listen to you every week. He's a retired gentleman and he was a former bank manager so I, I don't personally know him and I didn't like to ask him immediately just in case he thought I should have known him but I did, I did seek him out and ask his name and uh, it was good to meet him and he said that they're blessed at home listening in uh, here at Hebron Saturday is the Thanksgiving service for our sister Madge that will be at 12 noon here at the church and ladies we're asking you to help out with uh, the funeral tea if you can supply half a loaf of sandwiches and a dozen buns or the equivalent we really appreciate that. It might be good for number's sake if you can let Aline know or Helen, you can let either of them know so that we can uh, plan for Saturday more intelligently. The Lord's Day begins with the prayer meeting at 8 o'clock, Sunday school 10.30, Bible class at a quarter to 11. We come back to our series in Mark's Gospel at the worship service and to part two about the kingdom of God coming with power. Gospel meeting at seven preceded by the time of prayer at half past six. We must pray, we must seek the Lord. And I want to mention to you our next family night service. We're going to have a special family night services over the next little while. This gentleman was with us at the remembrance service. He gave a brief word of testimony and we said we would have him back again to give his full testimony. And I refer to David Johnston, who is the son of the Reverend Ron Johnston. And he is major retired. 
over 20 years as a reserve officer in the Royal Irish Rangers, now the Royal Irish Regiment. He served uh, an operation tour in Iraq in 2004. So he's going to come and give his testimony. I also want to say something about a message that I want to bring. One of our elders uh, thought about this title as we discussed in the session, what we want to do, what we want to encourage our people to do at family night and it is simply called One Bring One and in light of family night it is to the house of God, it is to hear God's word, uh, trusting that the Lord will speak to them and save them by his grace so it's really bringing people to Christ so on the 26th of February that will be the Sunday morning before the next family night I want to bring this special message at our 12 noon meeting one bring one and it is our prayer that our hearts will be stirred would you pray about that you really seek the Lord about it we have seen in recent days what one can do and we think of the conversion of Davy and there was one man particularly that took this man under his attention and cared for him spiritually witnessed to him brought him to the house of God which ultimately led to his conversion a couple of weeks ago and if everybody was involved in this we're just thinking in the session that you know if everybody was able to bring one that might not be I don't know realistic not everybody will catch the fire for this but even if 50 people could bring one uh, that's 50 people extra coming in to listen to God's word on a Sunday night so I want you to pray really pray for that message that will be preached in a couple of weeks time in the will of God I want to sincerely thank those who cleaned the toys and made ready for the parents and toddlers uh, it hasn't recommenced so it's one of the last works to get back after the COVID days but we're aiming for the 20th of February every Monday morning in this room uh, we had a very successful parents and toddlers uh, we're greatly encouraged because there has never been as many volunteers. So that was a great encouragement to those that were here in the past. There's never been as many. And they've got together and they did a major uh, tidy out and we really appreciate that. That's some of the kids from 2019. All right. And then COVID came uh, the following year, early in the following year. This is the bottom room where the toys are stored. We should have taken a picture at the very start because this room was bunged and then it had a major clear out and then the toys that they are able to salvage and use again, they were all cleaned and washed and um, some of the others that were broken, they went away today uh, for good, never to be seen again. There's no way we can retrieve them now for they're down at burn quarter. Uh, unless anybody wants to go there and see if they're there tomorrow but the room was emptied on the left and then the good things uh, that were salvaged put back in very neatly and tidily so I want to thank you sincerely those who were involved in all that hard work that was done we're going to uh, sing another hymn number 27 come let us with the Lord arise our Lord who made both earth and skies who died to save the world he made and rose triumphant from the dead he rose the prince of life and peace and stamped 
the day forever his. Now, you'll find this in the section of the hymn book that deals with the Lord's day. But in many ways, a lot of what we sing tonight could be applied to any day. But it has particular application to a day when we meet together and we come to God's house and we approach him. That's very much in keeping with the message tonight. Let's sing it together.
Bibles and open our scriptures to the Psalm 65 tonight. The Psalm 65. It's not a long psalm, just 13 verses, so we'll read it together. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me, as for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. By terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea which by his strength set us fast the mountains, being girded with power, which still at the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people, they also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it, Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy path drop fatness. Thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. And in one verse, and it's a verse that just gripped my heart. I think it was yesterday morning reading Daily Light. And it stood out from all the rest, and it's the fourth verse. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest, and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. You see, I want to speak on the truly blessed man or blessed man. And we've taken this text here tonight uh, to introduce us to the man that's, that's truly blessed of God. That little phrase, blessed is the man, as you probably know, means happy is the man. The word blessed can be translated happy, and in fact it's in the plural, happinesses. The very first time that that phrase is used, blessed is the man, is probably as I think about it, the best known. It's used a number of times in the scripture. So if I was to ask you the question, finish this verse, blessed is the man 
I wonder what you would say. What verse would you give me out of all the verses that you could mention? There's one in my mind. I may have something different than you, but what one would you give? Anyone want to? Julie? Psalm Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. Do you know the verse? That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So you're, you're thinking like me, that's, that's very good. The phrase is actually mentioned 13 times in the Bible. 11 times in the Old Testament, 2 times in the New. And 8 of these phrases are in the Psalms. If you want to know the truly blessed man, the truly happy man, you want to study these scripture verses. And I'm going to read them to you not going to really comment on them. I'm going to read them to you because I think it's worthwhile reading. And as I read them to you, I want you to, I want you to think about it. I want you to comment in your own mind and heart about it. I want you to think of what the Word of God is telling us about the blessed man. And if you want to be really happy in this life, live this way. Psalm 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Psalm 32 verse 2. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no guile. Psalm 34 and verse 8. Blessed. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And then the one that we have here in our verse. Verse Four of chapter 65, blessed is the man whom thou choosest, etc. We'll come back to this text. Psalm 84 and verse 5, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are all the ways of them. Psalm 84 and verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Psalm 94 verse 12, blessed is the man whom thou chastenest. Oh, that's different, isn't it? How could you be happy when you're chastened by the Lord and corrected by him? And yet it is so. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law. The Psalm 112, verse 1, Praise you the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Then we go to Proverbs 8, verse 34. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Isaiah 56, verse 2. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing evil. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the, the Lord is. And then the two New Testament references, Romans 4 verse 8. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And James chapter 1 and verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And so I'm quoting these verses tonight and I'm doing that for a reason. I want you to, to see and understand that if you really desire true happiness, if you want to enjoy blessedness in this life, the roadmap is given here. 
in these verses of scripture. Now it never says blessed is the woman. All right, but ladies, I want you to know you're right here. You're, you're involved. When it says blessed is the man, the man is a generic term. It's mankind, it's men and women. So just in case you're feeling at this stage a little bit left out that it's all blessed is the man, be very sure you're right here in every single verse. Now there's four things that I want you to notice in our text. There is, first of all, the sovereign choice. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. The man upon whom God places his sovereign choice in anything is blessed indeed. How sweet and how blessed it is to know, for example, that we have been chosen in Christ from the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1 and verse 4. As the Reverend Robert Murray McShane wrote, we sang it tonight, chosen not for good in me. Wakened up from wrath to flee, hidden in the Saviour's side, by the Spirit sanctified, teach me, Lord, on earth to show by my love how much I owe. A sweet thing to know that we're chosen in Christ. It's a blessing also to know that we have been chosen to serve the Lord and to be fruitful in our Christian lives. John chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus is speaking to the disciples at the table the night before the cross, and he is reminding them of this. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. So Christ was clearly telling his disciples, and you and I, that he has chosen us to be fruitful, to go and bring forth fruit. And that's a sweet thing. He has chosen weak instruments. Never a time that I read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 about what God has chosen, that I'm blessed in my heart. Because that's all I am, a weak instrument. And this is what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in verse 27, or 1 Corinthians 1. And again, you'll know these verses well. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to be conformed to the wise, to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Three times over in two of these verses, the word chosen is used. Weak things, foolish things, things that are not, things that are despised. God is pleased to put his hand upon such instruments. I think it was many years ago as a student reading in the back of my Thompson Chain Reference Bible that there was a little section on these verses of scripture and it was called, from memory, God's Toolbox. This is what God uses. This is the, the tools that God has got in his toolbox. Weak things, foolish things, base things, despised things, things that are not Aren't you glad about that tonight? God can use you. But in Psalm 65 and verse 4, our text, the emphasis seems to be upon the fact that the blessed man in this instance is chosen to draw near to God. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. To approach God, obviously, is to draw near to him. It's to have fellowship and communion 
with him. It's to come before his presence. Brethren and sisters, we have an audience with the king. Every time that we approach him, we come to him. Now, some think that the chosen man in David's mind as he writes these words in the Psalm 65 is a reference to the, the priest, the priests of the, the Old Testament. And no doubt the priestly ministry involved this. They were men that approached unto God. They, they represented the people, particularly in offering sacrifices on their behalf. They brought them near to God. And they taught them so that they would enjoy the blessings of the Lord and that they would know true happiness. If David has a priest in view, then perhaps it ultimately and prophetically pointed to Christ, our great high priest. He certainly approaches unto God. And he does that as our mediator and as our representative. Right now he's praying. Every day he's praying for you. And right now as we come here, there's one on the right hand of the Father and he's interceding on our behalf for this very meeting that is taking place in this church. But I am sure that all of God's people are included in this verse. It wasn't exclusively pointing to Christ or it wasn't exclusively referring to the priests who, who went into the, the house of God to represent the people. The fact that David goes on to, to mention God's courts, that part of God's house where, where all were welcome, not just the priests, would indicate this to me. It's a reference that includes all of the Lord's people. God has chosen you. Dear believer, in the, the priesthood of all believers, to draw near to him. And I'll talk about that just in a moment. But please know that you're chosen, among other things, to this ministry of prayer, especially the public prayer meeting, where you are tonight or any other time the church comes together to pray. It's in the house of God. The verse here is speaking about God's courts, speaking about God's house, and speaking about God's holy temple. All those references are references to the house of God. And so it is the public place where the people assembled. Not only is there sovereign choice here, but there's sweet communion. The text goes on to to declare, as we mentioned there, and cause us to approach unto thee. This is communion with God. This is entering his courts. This is coming before his presence, fellowshipping with him. And this is true blessing indeed. This is joy, unspeakable, isn't it? And full of glory. This is real happiness in the heart and the soul. We can approach God. We can spend time with him, no matter where we are. I rise early, and one of the first things that I do in the morning after I get washed and dressed, but one of the first things that I do is to read Daily Light. That's when I read it first thing in the morning, at least the morning section, and we read the night section before we go to sleep. But I just love to go into the family room in our home. It's dark, it's quiet, nobody else generally is about, either inside or outside, and just to sit down and commune with God for that little time, reading daily light. And so if you ever get a text from me early in the morning with one of the daily light references, that's, that's why, because that's what I do 
first thing in the morning, and then later I'll come to the word and to prayer. But these ought to be sweet times, brethren and sisters, when we just sit down and commune with God. Never lose sight of the blessing of fellowship with the Lord. May God deliver us from, from backsliding. May he deliver us from cold-heartedness that would take us away from communion. May he deliver us from prayerlessness and carelessness. May we never be Bibleless. There's no such word. But Dr. Paisley used it one time at the Minister's Week of Prayer and it's stuck in my mind. And that, that's what they call a preacher's license. But we don't want to be neglecting these means that God has given to us that allows us to approach unto the Lord. And so there is particular application here to the public prayer meeting. Being in God's courts. Entering God's house. As our text is highlighting. There is a blessing to be obtained and to be enjoyed in coming to God's house for worship, for Bible study, prayer, and fellowship. Blessed is the man. So God declares in this text. The man is blessed who is chosen of God to be in the place of communion with himself, especially those times that are spent in his courts, in the public place. Don't, don't miss it. Don't miss what is being taught here. Don't miss the blessing of prayer, public prayer. We've often encouraged God's people never to be, to be absent from the prayer meeting if that's possible. And to make sure if you have an excuse for not being at the public prayer meeting, that it's a good excuse. In fact, that it is an excuse that's acceptable with God. I don't mind what excuse you bring. As long as it is acceptable with God, it's acceptable with me. And if God's happy to receive that excuse, why we're not in the public place of prayer, well, then that's fine with the rest of us. God has chosen us to approach him, to come to his course, to come to his house, his holy temple. Then thirdly, there is a steadfast continuance. As I read that text, I really thought about the word dwell. You're approaching God that he may dwell in thy courts. You know, you can't read this particular phrase and particularly the word dwell without saying that, that there is a desire here to continue steadfastly and faithfully in prayer. The word dwell gives the idea, at least it does in my mind, of waiting, of, of lingering of residing. If you're dwelling somewhere, you are residing. You are staying there. Do you feel like this when you come to church? Do you feel like this when you come to the prayer meeting? You want to dwell? You want to stay on a little while? You don't want to leave? Do you feel like that even sometimes? not saying that, that you're feeling like it every time. I wish we would feel like it every time, but at least sometimes want to dwell with God, want to abide for a little time, don't want to leave. This is the man who was blessed indeed, who approaches the Lord and dwells in his courts. Now, I, I love the house of God. I can identify with the psalmist when he spoke in other places about the love that he had for the place of worship. Let me run through some of the scriptures. If you're taking notes, you can mark them. You can mark them down. 
For these are some of the highlights in the Psalms where the author is speaking about the great regard and love that he had to be in God's house and to dwell there, to linger there. For example, Psalm 26 and verse 8, he says, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. And as I read these verses, these are testimony verses. The author here is testifying to his love for the house of God. You want to put yourself there. You want to ask yourself, can I really say this? Can I speak these words as the psalmist did? The next psalm, Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell, there's the word again, dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Then we run over to the Psalm 84. There's a few verses to read here. It's a psalm that certainly expresses the author's desire, David's desire for God's house. The opening four verses, let me read them to you. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. I trust as we read this, uh, you're thinking about it. Every little line, every little phrase that is registering with you, you're able to put them into your own mind, into your own heart and ask the question, can I really say this? My soul longeth. Have you got that longing? Even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may dwell, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. That's the lingering there, isn't it? They will still be praising thee. And verse 10, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. A day, one day, is far better than another. a thousand days lived. Can you imagine that? Was a thousand days? Was it nearly, nearly three years? I'd rather just a one day with God in his house and to dwell there, to linger there, than have a thousand days doing, doing other things, even other things that I love to do. One day is better than a thousand. It's an amazing statement, really, isn't it? And then one other reference in the Psalm 122 and the opening verse. And again, this is a familiar text and one that will be known to you as David's love for God's house is expressed. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go up into the house of the Lord. Are you glad? say to you come on let's go to church is there an excitement is there a gladness in your soul well, how does we Johnny feel about it Johnny get out of bed come on it's time to go to church is he glad to jump up church today going to God's house today just now as I speak there's a, a story that's, that's coming to mind and I can't remember the man's name but let's say he is called Johnny and his mother says Johnny you need to get up it's almost church time he didn't get up and uh, that went on for a little while 
mother kept pleading with him, Johnny, you need to get up. It's time to go to church. And until she eventually said, you know, after all, Johnny, you're the minister. Um, you ought to get there. I want to be a minister that, that is joyful going to the house of the Lord. And our text, of course, is speaking about that love too here in the Psalm 65 and verse 4. David wanted to dwell in God's house. I pity the man who is itching continually for the end of the service and, and he wants to go home. He just can't wait to get out of church approaching God, worshipping the Almighty, spending time in prayer and communion, sitting at the feet of the Saviour, hearing his word. is a drudgery and a chore instead of a delight and a comfort. Are you always looking at your watch? Are you following me? You know these people come to church and they're you know, they think, think church should stop. They want to get home and they're looking at their watch. Now, there was a little man in one of our churches years ago who did that. As he, he, he thought that the meeting should last one hour. That's it. should never go over the hour. And so coming near the hour, he sat in the front row, I'm told. He used to do this in front of the preacher. Several times he would have done that. That would be very off-putting. Phil, never, never you made the front do that. And then, when you got to the R, he put his hat on and his scarf. It was the winter time. And that really was a big hint. It's time, time to close. You don't want to be like that. You want to be excited about dwelling, being in the house of God, lingering there. I wonder, does your mind wonder way to lesser important things maybe even worldly things earthly things when you're sitting in church what do you know about dwelling what do you know about lingering what do you know about desiring to stay one final thought and that is here in this text there's a saintly contentment we shall be satisfied are you satisfied when you come to church we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house. God has good things for us every time we come to church. When you experience delight in your soul and being in God's house, approaching him, longing for him, lingering in his presence, you will have soul satisfaction. You will be the blessed man of this text. Great St. Spurgeon no, Matthew Henry, great Bible commentator. He said, those that come into communion with God shall certainly find true happiness and full satisfaction in that communion. As he was just making a wee comment on this part of the verse. The presence of God we know is everywhere. There's never a better psalm to turn to when you think of the presence of God everywhere in the Psalm 139. And we do quote it from time to time when we're speaking about the, the fact that God is everywhere, present. You, you needn't turn to it. I'll read the verses quickly. Verse 7 onwards. Whether shall I go from thy spirit? Whether shall I flee from thy presence? He's asking that question. 
and then he, he makes a series of statements and he, he just really said, you know, you can't get away from God. Anywhere you go in this whole world, in this universe, you can't get away from God. If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. So no matter where you go, you can't escape the presence of God. No matter how dark the night is, it's just like light to God. You can't escape God's presence. That's what the psalmist is saying here. And praise God, the Lord has promised, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So brethren and sisters, there's not a moment of any day where the Lord is there. Wherever you go in this life, the Lord is there. He's there in your home. He's there in your workplace, young people. He's there in your uh, educational establishment. When you travel, wherever you go, he, he's there everywhere. But he's especially there whenever you approach him in Bible meditation and prayer. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you, James said in James chapter 4 and verse 8. But our text tonight must be seen in the light of not just drawing near to God somewhere. It's drawing near to God in his house. God's house is here, the public place. God is particularly present in his house. It's his dwelling place. He dwells there. He, he wants us to dwell there. It was the glory of God that, that filled the temple of old and Old Testament times. That was a sure sign of God's presence. And it was his visible presence that came down. And Solomon had prayed and dedicated the house to the Lord. You remember the glory, the Shekinah glory came down. God was there. And we will know the full experience of that title. It's, it's the very last word in the prophecy of Ezekiel. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. We will know the full title of that when we come to the house of God. Even where two or three are gathered together. That's public. In my name, says Jesus, he'll be there in the midst. This will be our ultimate satisfaction. His presence. The feast of every gathering. Sometimes people go to church to hear a great preacher. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And whenever we, we choose preachers for a Bible conference, we want to choose a man that, that's, that's up there in the teaching of the scriptures. When we have special meetings, we want to try and choose someone that, that is going to come and really bless the congregation. People that to have a man that people want to come and hear. Sometimes people go to church to hear a great testimony. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And at our family nights from time to time, we have great testimonies to listen to. Sometimes people go to church to meet with their family and with their friends. We should worship as uh, a family together, corporately. But true blessing and satisfaction is only when we meet with God. You meet with God coming to his house, you will know satisfaction. It is then that our souls will be satisfied with the goodness of his house. And so, brethren and sisters, what I'm saying to you tonight is very simple. Run with all speed to the house of God. 
especially to meetings like this, where prayer is offered, where we approach God, where we are chosen by God to approach unto him and know the blessing and the joy in doing so. And you will be that blessed man, that blessed woman when you do so. May that be our experience every time we come to church for Christ's sake. That's how we word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for your word tonight for this psalm and this beautiful verse of the psalm that reminds us that God has chosen us to approach him, to spend time with him, to dwell in his house, to linger on there and to know the satisfaction of which this verse speaks. To be that blessed man, to enjoy the, the happiness of what it is to be in God's house. May it be our joy and experience every time. Bless this congregation. Give us desires after God. Give us that thirst that the psalmist spoke about as he longed for the courts of God. Give us that deep desire of soul for Jesus' sake. Amen. Number 16 in the hymn book is talking about approaching, approaching God. Abba, Father, we approach thee in our Savior's precious name. That's what we're going to do in a short time. We, thy children, here assembling now, thy promised blessing claim. From our sins his blood hath washed us. Tis through him our souls draw nigh. And thy spirit too has taught us, Abba, Father, thus to cry. Let's sing the words of the hymn.
there is a, a, a short trip for six days to Romania next Tuesday, Monday the, or Tuesday the 14th to Monday the 20th of February. And coming with me, Brother Robert and Jamie and Kyle and Keziah and Reverend John Gray. So we appreciate prayer. You may not be able to read that. I can hardly read it, but that was the itinerary every day that um, has been sent to us of what what we will be doing, where we will be going. So morning, noon and night all taken up. Uh, we will leave at about half one uh, in the morning and as soon as we arrive straight to uh, the work. So we'll maybe get that sent. You can pray for us every day. Want to remember Yura, Yuri Boshko, he's going back on the 15th, that's Wednesday coming back to Ukraine. Pray for him as he leaves Vika and his two children. Please continue to pray for the school's ministry. That's Greg leading the singing of the choruses. We were able to bring our own laptop and put the choruses that we sing here at our children's meetings up on the screen. And if you are able to go in to the, the Facebook page of the model, you'll hear the singing. They, they have put it up there publicly for all to hear. And the children really took part. And we thank God for the opportunity. We're booked to go back again in April in this school. And we're booked to go back next month to the school in Derby. Things are getting worse, as you know, in Ukraine. Their Prime Minister visited um, London yesterday and then went on to France as you've probably seen in the news so we continue to remember the destruction the killing, the bombing we know that the army is being increased the Russian army to come in and force and these folks are from as you know the village of Stary Saltov but uh, the city, their city that's near to them is Kharkiv or Kharkiv and if the intelligence is right this is one of the cities that is going to be really bombed by Putin's army when they come so we do need to pray that the Lord will protect his people and we are praying that the war will come to an end it's hard to believe it's almost a year this month, 24th of February last year when the war broke out. We have our prayer requests, each one there before the Lord, and we want to remember as we think of those that are sick and infirmed and aged, those that are sorrowing. And we're thinking particularly of Dave and his family, and we're thinking of Anastasia as well. So we come to our time of prayer and we say goodnight to those that are listening in on the internet. Trust the Lord will bless you as you leave us now for this time.